Hello and welcome to the Helix Reviews Podcast. My name is David Arrington, bringing you reviews from a Christian geek worldview. And today on the show, I'm going to be reviewing Malignant. This is James Wan's new horror movie. I'm a fan of James Wan and his horror movies, The Conjuring, Insidious, and some of those movies that he's made. Absolutely fantastic. And so I was very excited for this one. Looks crazy, looks weird, looks interesting. And let's let's review this thing. I'm having visions. The body of Dr. Florence Weaver was found brutally murdered in her home this morning. Did you know her? No, but I saw her die. Malignant. Madison is paralyzed by shocking visions of grisly murders, and her torment worsens when she discovers that these waking dreams are in fact terrifying realities. Basically, there's this entity named Gabriel that is torturing her with these uh, visions of these people that he is murdering, and when she figures out, oh, this is real life, this isn't just some kind of nightmare dream, she has to do something about it, and what is she gonna do to his escape Gabriel's grasp. I'm seeing things. I'm seeing murders. As they're happening. Hello? He says his name is Gabriel. I think he's someone from my past. messages, ideas, this is the part of the show where typically I would talk about the themes and the messages and the, the stuff that, that kind of is popping out to me that was in the movie that I'm reviewing, Malignant here. Uh, but this time I am going to save most of the this talk for the ending when I'm going to do a spoiler talk because uh, there's some really interesting things woven all throughout this movie and I really kind of got to talk some very specific things about like the ending of this movie and stuff that I don't want to touch on here uh, just for, for fear of spoilers. So uh, for now, I'll just say uh, overall thematically, uh, it's like touching on some interesting things. It's uh, like it's, it's touching on the, the, the pain of losing an infant uh, in childbirth, uh, you know, like having a, a stillborn baby. It, it's kind of dealing with the trauma of that, uh, which is interesting actually because most uh, most movies don't deal with this kind of thing. This is something that seems to not be dealt with very much in movies. And it, it, it almost seems to have kind of a, a pro-life kind of view on unborn babies and stuff, which which is very cool. Uh, you know, and again, something you don't see very often coming out of Hollywood because very often uh, coming out of Hollywood, it's, you know, they're with the whole abortion thing, right? They're with the whole you can you can murder the babies if they're, you know, it's still unborn kind of thing. So to see a movie coming out of Hollywood that kind of seems to have this pro-life kind of message is surprising and is is actually pretty cool. Overall, I would say this has a pretty a pretty good message, honestly, overall. I'll get more into the specifics once I get to the spoiler section a little later on. Let's just get to the review part here. Whatever happened to you before you joined our family hurt you in a way that I can't even imagine. Stop saying that. Mandy, you 
talking to? Gabriel. Is he your imaginary friend? Imaginary friend? Imaginary He's the devil. As I said earlier, I was extremely excited for this movie because of the director, because James Wan is back doing horror movies. Uh, James Wan, one of my favorite modern directors, you know, one, one of my favorite directors that whenever they put out a movie, it's like, I'm, I'm going to go watch that movie because he's always doing something interesting. He's a master at horror filmmaking, uh, and, and he's back to horror filmmaking, you know, because he directed the, the first two Conjuring movies, he directed the first couple Insidious movies, uh, and he directed Saw back in the day, which I, I haven't seen Saw. He directed a bunch of movies that I really like, and then he, he went, moved over to some more action-y kind of movies. He directed Fast and the Furious 7, uh, he directed Aquaman, you know, some of these other uh, broader appeal kind of movies that I, I actually, I like both of those movies. The Fast and Furious Seven is my favorite Fast and Furious movie. Aquaman is a lot of fun, and but but he's back. He's back to what he is best at, and that is horror. And so with Malignant, I was excited to see him come back to horror and see him do this completely new, interesting, different thing. I thought this was based on a comic book because he wrote a comic book called Malignant Man, but uh, apparently it has nothing to do with that because it's it's not even remotely close to that. So uh, if you happen to think that too, it's, it's actually not true. The trailers to this looked awesome. I went in with high expectations and I gotta say, this met my expectations, man. This was awesome. This movie is intense, it's exciting, edge of your seat stuff, and it is wacky. It is off-the-wall horror. It is, it, you know how in some of the Insidious movies, mainly the Insidious movies was where James Wan got even weirder with some of his horror. Well, this is the next step beyond that. He got kind of weird with some of his, the stuff that he did in Insidious. This is taking that to another level of just bizarre, weird, weird horror in here that I really really enjoyed man this is it's it's got some of those creepy kind of scary moments it's definitely intense throughout the movie and kind of edge of your seat while it has some of those creepy scary kind of moments once you get a little bit later on in the movie the the scares are more replaced with like thrills and, and uh excitement and kind of stuff so it's it's maybe a little bit less on just this straight up intense horror the whole time you know I, I could see if that would disappoint some people but honestly for me that kind of transition from like horror to a little bit more uh thriller horror kind of angle really worked for me and it was it was exciting and interesting the entire time visually this movie is amazing man like the, the cinematography is is beautiful in this movie and, and just the the colors the way everything looks is so cool this is a an amazing looking movie and that, that is also something that is james wan is really good at and dude that really it really pops here man the the just the way the colors are the way the camera moved sometimes there was a shot from uh th there's the ladies like running through her house and there's a shot from above going like through all the rooms and everything it was so cool so interesting and unique uh story-wise very good i i really enjoyed the story it, it goes in some wacky and weird 
interesting directions, but it's so weird. It's so creative. It's the kind of thing where it's like, oh my goodness, what, where did this come from? And yet it all, it all kind of lines up. It all works. Everything is set up and paid off in a way that I found very satisfying and very cool. Very cool. The characters in here, you know, Madison is played by Annabelle Wallace, uh, and she's great. You know, she is, you know, she's the, the horror that all the horror is happening to her, and so she uh, portrays this sense of terror, but she's also this uh, this character that you like this this character that you you can get into because because you you can you can understand her and you can get into her character she is kind of going through you know some some pain that's that's going on in her life then suddenly when when gabriel shows up here everything is is exemplified everything is is brought to a, a much larger degree and it it kind of it plays with those themes uh with the the subject matter of the the entity of Gabriel and all this kind of stuff you know they it, it plays that stuff into the thematic material of the movie in some really cool and interesting ways but not in a way that ever felt preachy or anything to me it, it was it all still very much felt in the moment of the movie and it was it's it's very good like man like I did not I didn't see where this story was going and when it when it happened I was like dude very cool like I really really uh, I really liked it. The, these characters, they're, all the characters are very good. The actors are all uh, very good. I think, you know, there's some, there's her sister character in there. They got some uh, police detectives and things like that that are like uh, looking into some of the murders and, and that kind of stuff. All tied together very well. Uh, you know, you got some good character relationships in here. You got some good character building and, and things that, that make those intense scenarios work better. This this movie is so wacky. It's so, I've said this earlier, but it's so zany, weird, off the wall kind of kind of bizarre stuff that I think this will push people that aren't willing to accept that level of insane, insanity uh, you know, I think it might push some people away as like, okay, this is too much. This is too weird. This is too crazy for me. But if you're into the weird, weird science fiction stuff that I'm into, then this is one to check out because this delves into all the, the weird, weird kind of sci-fi horror kind of stuff in here that I, I really really enjoyed in this movie. Very cool. And this movie, it's just, it's something that most horror movies aren't in a certain way. I mean, it's, it's horror movies are all about driving you to that scary, intense moments and stuff. And this has that, but this movie is fun too, man. I find this movie very fun to watch, very enjoyable to watch, uh, going beyond the, the tension and the, all that stuff, which I also really enjoy. But this movie, it's, it's fun, you know? So overall, if you're into weird sci-fi horror kind of stuff like I am, then this is a must watch. Whatever it was, it's back. He killed again. He's getting closer. He wants to talk to you. Malignant is rated R for strong horror, violence, and gruesome images, and for language. I would give it a 4.5 out of 5 stars on the enjoyability scale. Mom, what do you know? He's coming for me. Who are you? 
So that's my spoiler-free thoughts on Malignant. If you don't want spoilers, stop listening now. Thanks for listening. Uh, but spoiler warning for the rest of this episode for Malignant. Okay, the, so, so I guess I should just say it real quick that there's a, like a content warning, I guess, just as far as I'm going to talk about some some kind of harsh topics, you know, some, some things I already kind of touched on a little bit in the review, I guess. Uh, but you know this this movie deals with some some harsh and and really hard kind of topics uh and, and that's some of the stuff that i'm gonna talk about here so i guess just the content warning just so you know uh so the pro-life message in here that i'm talking about is well okay so you have at the beginning of the movie you have the mother you have madison she's pregnant and, you know, it, and you have the, the father and the, the mother there and they're in an argument. The, the father is a little, is, is, is abusive. The father is abusive. He's an alcoholic, recovering alcoholic is what it sounds like in there. They make reference to her being pregnant in the past and then the baby's dying before they're born. And, and he says, I don't want to see another one of my kids die inside of you. You know, I don't want to see one of my another one of my children die inside of you. And and he says it really horribly. And then he pushes her against a wall and bangs her head in a wall super hard. And it's like, I, I whoa, it, it's it's very uncomfortable to watch that scene because it's the whole argument and then the the you know hey, the dude beating the woman very uncomfortable to watch. And then ultimately uh, that that baby dies as well in the womb. And it's it's revealed later on why the baby dies but i i it very clearly right right when they're talking about this baby it, it sticks out to me how different kind of this discussion about this baby is than you see in some movies because in, in a lot of movies they'll refer to a baby that's in the womb as a fetus you know which which is kind of it, it, it's kind of a way that a lot of people will refer to a baby that's in the womb when they don't want to refer to it as a baby. They want to just say, hey, that's a fetus, you know, so kind of separate themselves from the idea that the unborn baby is actually a human being, right? But they never call this baby a fetus. They never, they never refer to anything uh, with this baby other than it being their child. So I think right off the bat, the idea that the unborn baby is a real baby, the unborn baby is alive it's precious and it's it's just as precious and as valuable as a born baby right and so it, it kind of it stuck out to me that it was like oh interesting that just kind of how they're talking about this baby and stuff is interesting even while the the husband is being abusive and stuff you know and then when the baby dies it's this it's really this big trauma and it, i mean it would be because it's 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 something that i, I can't even imagine you know it's it's beyond any uh, comprehension of amount of pain that I've ever experienced personally. It, you know, because it is, it is, it's, it's, it's your baby that, that died, right? And so it's, it's this huge pain and this huge trauma. And it's, it's expressed that way in this movie. It's, it's shown to be that way in this movie. It's, it's not, oh, you know, the, the fetus died or, oh, you know, and, and it wasn't as big of a deal or whatever. It's, it's this big thing because it is your baby and it, it, it passed away so immediately to me like watching that is I, i'm going okay this this seems like kind of a, a pro-life kind of view even if the message itself is not going to be totally pro-life it seems like this kind of pro-life kind of view and then you zoom out to the entire movie and the way the movie ends if you, okay, I'm a, now I'm really going to spoil this movie. So again, spoiler warning. Uh, the way this movie ends is the reveal is Gabriel 
is her twin brother, uh, and he was a, a twin that was like a Siamese twin, but he didn't really have much of a, a body on him, and he used the same brain as hers, uh, and basically he was kind of zapping the energy and the life out of her. I've heard of this. I, I believe this is a real thing because I've, I've heard of this previously. Um, I don't know how, you know, where exactly the lines are between what is real and what is uh, fantastical because it is very fantastical in this movie for sure. It kind of reminds me of Split in that way, taking a real mental condition and kind of going crazy with it. This is taking a real kind of medical condition that, that happens and going crazy with it. But you have Gabriel, you have this baby that is on, that is connected to this other baby and is ultimately sucking the life out of this baby and, and is, is, is killing this baby. They need to do something, otherwise both of these kids will die, right? And, and so... You know, in the past, before this this kid is uh, adopted into her family, uh, which, by the way, adoption, another big theme in this movie. I guess I'll touch on that a little bit more later. So they cut Gabriel off, killing Gabriel. They knew it was going to kill Gabriel. They cut Gabriel off of her, killing Gabriel, and they they get rid of that baby. And now it's just her. She, you know, heals up, is adopted out, forgets about her past when she was very young. They never, I don't think they ever explicitly say how she forgets about her past. I don't know if it's just because it's so traumatic or if it's because uh, they did something to her to, to make her forget or something. I don't know exactly, but... Ultimately, the thing that, that Gabriel, the thing that comes back and is killing all these people is the the baby that was her kind of Siamese twin that is like still in her head and is coming out and is, is murdering the people that murdered him, right? And so he's just there to get revenge. He's not there to hurt her really at all you know she she's just there they're just they're just siblings at, at times he kind of hurts her some intentionally but that's that was never his his intention that was never his his motive his motive was to get revenge on the people that ultimately killed him and so looking at the overall picture here gabriel is akin to the unborn baby that they kill in the womb in like Planned Parenthood or something. So, uh, you know, they don't want the baby. They cut the baby out. The baby's gone. Then this is like the, the revenge story for the unborn babies that are murdered because they cut Gabriel off, got rid of Gabriel, but then he came back. And this is a much more fantastical version. Gabriel has like superpowers and stuff. It's, it's all crazy, wacky, and weird. But Gabriel represents the life that was... That life that was unimportant or the life that was dangerous to the mother or something or the life that was dangerous to the sister in this case. And he's he's cut off without any concern for his life and thrown away, gotten rid of, and that was just supposed to be that and he was just supposed to be dead. But he was he's still alive and he still, you know, retained some consciousness and stuff. And so that's kind of the 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 baby in the womb being being taken out and being aborted right um now now okay you could say but wait 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 he was gonna kill her ultimately right so like he had to go right is it more this kind of fatalistic like oh he just he had to go and it seemed like the the doctor that that cut her that cut the baby off kind of felt that way it, it seemed like it came across as like oh okay this baby you know, she's going to die and the way things are going, you know, the doctors and stuff are going to get murdered too. Uh, so, so they're like, okay, just cut this baby off. He's cancer. He's tumor. He's just something that is not human. They made him subhuman, kind of like saying, 
calling a, an unborn baby a fetus, kind of making them subhuman. Even though, yes, technically they're a fetus, right? But technically we're a body, but we're much more than just a body, right? So you know, if you just say a fetus, it's, isn't that to like saying, hey, you're, you're a body, right? And it's like, technically, yes, but we're so much more than just a body, right? So a unborn baby is so much more than just a, a fetus. It's so much more than just that body. They're they're an actual living person, right? But you could say, wait, wait, okay, he was gonna he was gonna kill the the girl in real life. But as I said earlier, this this kind of thing happens in real life. And I've heard of other scenarios, different scenarios, where uh, th there's like there's a certain kind of pregnancy where if if the the egg doesn't get all the way into the uterus the baby will start to grow in the wrong part of your your body and then uh and then it and then it can really hurt the mother you know and so it's like okay and the the main thing that they do to fix that is they kill the baby it is they abort the baby they they like I think you give them drugs and then they kill the baby ultimately. There's an example, uh, like a real life kind of example of this kind of thing happening where uh, there's a baby, there's a life that is ultimately, you know, causing danger for the life of, a, of another person. So do you just get rid of the baby because the baby is less important? Do you cut Gabriel off her back and just kill her and kill him because he's less important than her? Ultimately, do you kill the baby the, the unborn baby, because the unborn baby is less important than the mother. What is the solution there? I mean, and these are these are hard topics to, to come down on. Ultimately, I mean, since all, all lives matter, right? All lives matter to God. All lives should matter to us. And so since, you know, I'm since I'm a Christian and I believe that all lives are important, including the unborn babies, what we need to do is we need to, to <laughs> we, need to we need to figure out a way to save those unborn babies that are in that situation it's i'm sure it, you know how to do that i have no idea i'm not a, a doctor i'm not a scientist i'm not anything of that sort but we need to strive to save those lives even if it's so much more work even if it's so much more costly and all this kind of stuff because the those lives are important because the baby that baby's life is just as important as the mother's life and the 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 siamese twins that one is killing the other you know that siamese twins that that twin's life is just as important as the other's life right and so ultimately uh you know in in like cutting off this other baby you know that ultimately if you don't do that both of them are going to die ultimately right so it's like okay you, you can't just let that happen right but then what do you do you have to attempts to figure out a way to save both of their lives um you know and then, and then again it's like how do you do that i don't know but as long as i don't know i guess as long as that is the attempt then i don't know i guess you're at least you're still then in the right though right because you're not in the right if you're just killing the unborn baby you know or if you're just you're just killing the other baby that is that is connected to you know to the with the Siamese twins kind of kind of connection. Anyway, this movie is fascinating, man. This movie is is fascinating in that regard because it it seems to be kind of be exploring some of these ideas about about life in the womb, about like the the you know the the babies that are connected and that one can't live without the other, but they're kind of killing each other kind of thing, and, and you know these these kind of medical situations that are. Uh, real things, right? 
and real like like medical and moral dilemmas you know and it's it seems to kind of be discussing these kind of things through the the lens of this insane crazy horror sci-fi movie and uh it's very interesting it's a fascinating movie it, it leaves you thinking about it for a long time afterwards ever since i watched this movie it's just been churning around in my mind about <laughs> everything that happened in this movie very weird very interesting i i hope i explained that kind of stuff well enough i'm gonna go into maybe some of the more lighthearted kind of stuff or some of the more uh superfluous stuff i guess i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about some of the stuff that happened in this movie uh beyond i guess some of the thematic material because oh my goodness that twist of it was gabriel and gabriel was like you could tell gabriel was connected to her somehow was this a, a demon was it a ghost what's going on the reveal that it's her it's her twin brother but it's not just her twin brother it's her twin brother that is still inside her head and then her head like cracks open his face comes out of her brain and is like on the back of her head twists her arms around and goes around and murders these people while she can like kind of see so she sees and knows what's going on, but she doesn't realize how she's seeing it and stuff. So, so earlier when you see it, he's kind of this, or yeah, he, she, I mean, it's her body, but it's him controlling, uh, you know, he's running around and it's kind of this weird, like you can tell the joints aren't quite right. You can tell the way he's moving around is all weird. You see his face and it's, it's disturbing, but I definitely noticed kind of some of the similarities between the main actress and the this weird entity Gabriel guy here. And they make those kind of connections clearer and, and clearer as the movie goes on until the reveal, when it, which is like, oh my goodness, crazy. Also with her, the back of her head busting open, they, she's constantly like wiping the back of her head. Her, you know, her husband banged the, her head on the wall earlier and it kind of uh, which is kind of jump-started this whole thing ultimately, but you know, she was bleeding from that and you just think that like, oh, somehow Gabriel's provoking this, this, you know, wound on the back of her head to keep bleeding, but no, he's actually taking control of her body and, and doing it and that's why it keeps bleeding out the back of her head. Man, I want to see this movie again to see all the points where that happened and stuff, you know, really, really cool. And then later on, when she turns into Gabriel and you can see with like the hood down and you see like her face there kind of not moving dead right there and he's in control and so it's like she's like running backwards everywhere and attacking those cops insane bizarre very weird looking but very interesting very interesting visually and just really cool honestly really cool <laughs> really weird I, I i really enjoyed that i think that's kind of the moment that i think you know once she it comes bursting at the back of her skull, and then she, like, goes and takes out the whole police station. It's like, okay, I could see some people going, ah, it's a bit much, because it is kind of insane. But, oh my goodness, that was fun. That action scene was insane and really cool and excessively gory. Like, really, really bloody. Um, but very, very cool. Even the, the reveal of the monster. I mean, James Wan, a masterful director, I think. A masterful horror director, specifically. Because, like, the reveal of the creature is so well done. Because, it's you know, in the beginning, it almost seems more like a, a ghost, you know. And then it's, it's slowly revealed more and more. You see 
you know, you see him with the, the hair kind of going over his face and the way he crawls around. You get a glimpse of his face and he's just very slowly revealed up until the point when you get a, a pretty decent look at him and then it's revealed, oh, it's her twisted around backwards with his face busting out of hers and stuff. Very, very cool. Very well done. Uh, and that opening, oh my gosh, that opening sequence in the hospital where it's just like, it's insanity going on. There's people dying everywhere. She's low and like, how did she get out? How did she get out? And all this kind of stuff. And it's insane. <laughs> it's so crazy. Um, but it's, uh, it's so cool. It's so well done. And then, you know, the whole, now we got to cut the cancer out. And then seeing her say that again later from the other character's perspective, because the cut the cancer out that time was like from his perspective, whereas the second time she says it was from her perspective, I think. Uh, so it's like, okay, seeing that perspective shift, because he can kind of force uh, stuff on her to so that she sees something different or something, you know? So it's like, very interesting. Very, very weird. Very interesting. And I love it. Man, I, I really really enjoy this movie and they kind of they set it up for a sequel which i guess maybe that was the part that that the most i was like okay you know he just she just locks him away in her subconscious which is kind of dealing with the whole trauma aspect of it because uh because to a certain extent he represents a a trauma in her life and a, a trauma that affects her life throughout her whole life and then this is her finally facing it head on and dealing with it and so and saying no this trauma is not going to affect my whole life you know and that's that's kind of that angle on it there too again very fascinating movie uh thematically just very good stuff oh yeah i said adoption uh the uh the sisters in the movie you know they they she one of them knows that they're not adopted the other one doesn't know that <laughs> that she was adopted uh but they figure out and they figure out okay you know she was like she always wanted to have blood family and then she's like no you are my it doesn't matter about blood family you're my real family you know and then kind of that whole aspect of it which i think is is good and positive and well done i mean you know you think about it you know god we're adopted into god's family and does that make us any less uh important to god no it doesn't so you know, good messages all around. Have you seen Malignant? What did you think? Podcast at gmail.com. Let me know. Uh, <laughs> dude, I, I could totally understand if somebody didn't like this because it's so wacky and so bizarre. Like, the, the twist, I think, is going to just be too much for some people. But, dude, I loved it. I loved it. That's it for this time. This is David Arrington, Helix Podcast, signing off. Oh, yeah, next time, uh, maybe uh, uh, James Bond again or something. Don't forget to stay behind to the end of the credits for the next what if episode unless i haven't recorded another one i need to record another one with josiah uh, that's it goodbye hello and welcome back to helix reviews what if and today we're looking at episode number five, What If Zombies? And by the way, there's going to be some spoilers for this episode in this little review, so you have been warned. The premise of this episode is, uh, I mean, it's kind of based on the Marvel Zombies comic books in that, hey, it's the Marvel Universe, but hey, what if they became zombies? Zombie apocalypse happens in the Marvel Universe that includes a bunch of the Avengers becoming zombies and using their superpowers when they're zombies and such. Um, I thought this episode was super fun. 
Like, I thought this was very fun. It's, uh, it's... From what I've read in the comics, it was very different than that Marvel zombies, but it just it takes the the kind of zombie premise and just goes its own direction, fits fitting more into the MCU versus fitting into the uh, comic book universe. And I thought it was fun. It's a, it's a fun twist on the MCU. Uh, it's fun to see the you know zombies with superpowers flying around and some of the stuff that they do with uh, some of the characters here. What did you think? I thought it was fun. It was, you know, you saw a lot of uh, characters you know and care about, you know, become zombies and and people having to kill zombies of their friends, you know. So it kind of had that weight to it. But then because of Spider-Man and Ant-Man and some of the some of the characters kind of kept it upbeat. And so so I thought it was a nice mix of uh both kind of the heavy, weighty, yet still lighthearted. Yeah, really kind of kind of doing what zombies do best, in my opinion, which is just, you know, I guess which, which is having the, the characters have to kind of face off against their own people, you know, and then their own people turned and all that kind of stuff. Kind of the, the interesting dynamic there. Uh, and then, you know, it's like, it's like you, you kind of see it coming to a certain extent, but like the, you know, when, when hope gets back up, it's like, you know, of course she turned into a zombie. She's there getting crawled over over by zombies. But then when that happens, it's like, you know, a cool, crazy moment and all that kind of stuff. Some people do different takes on zombies, you know, like this one, zombies are fast or this one, zombies are smart or, you know, so this one, like the regular person was just kind of a regular zombie. Yeah. Slow and, you know. But but the Avengers still have their powers. Yeah. And, you know, it's like Hawkeye could still aim his arrows, you yeah. know. So <laughs> Iron Man's still flying around doing moves and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of, uh, you know, hold to the traditional zombies, yet kind of get a twist in there, too. Yeah. Now, in the comics, there are, like, some, some smart zombies that... Like, for example, Spider-Man was a zombie, but he was a smart zombie, and he, like, decided to help the, the alive people to to heal <laughs> the zombie race and stuff. And so that was kind of the twist there. So when I saw, you first see Spider-Man in this, uh, he has his mask on, and I'm wondering if he's going to pull it off and he's going to be zombie spider-man helping but they like they didn't go down that kind of direction um again like you say just taking kind of their own twist to it in a fun way and then the ending i thought was super cool the the uh the whole thing with vision and wanda and everything like like very interesting because it was like you know you get there and you start to see some stuff and you're like okay what exactly like what would vision's motivation for being evil is like there's there's not much of a reason for him to be evil in the zombie apocalypse unless you know unless wanda turned into a zombie and now you know he's he's trying to figure out a way to turn her back and that kind of thing you know so it's like okay they they give him a good reason to kind of get this twist you have this super super powerful zombie with you know scarlet witch and stuff uh which makes for some fun sequences and and a, a kind of a cool way to wrap up this story uh, f- for a story that doesn't necessarily have an ending because it's it's just an open-ending zombie apocalypse kind of thing. And I, Yeah, I thought that was a good way for it to use his powers. You know, the Mind Stone, they say. Yeah. Okay, the zombie 
apocalypse has something to do with the mind. So the mind stone, you know, affects them negatively. So that was kind of the the hope too that they could hold on to and um so like he was conflicted. He he wanted to you know, cure Wanda and save her, but he he really knew it was wrong too and in the end he was willing to sacrifice himself to yeah. help them get the cure out to the world. And also the way the way it started I thought was kind of cool too, you know. Again, tying it into the the MCU, the broader MCU that, you know, is here. Like like uh we have Scott Lang and uh Hank Pym, you know, going down into that micro dimension that they went to in in the Ant-Man movies. And they, you know, Ant-Man and Wasp, they they get uh, her mom back, Hope's mom back. And, you know, in that she's, well, we don't... We don't exactly know what's up with her, but mm-hmm. but <laughs> they get her back in this, and that's where the zombie apocalypse starts. And it's like, okay, you know, you're you're pulling this thing out from, you know, we have no idea what's up with her. We have no idea, you know, what's up with this dimension or anything. There's so little known about it that it's like that's kind of a cool, fun way to uh, bring about the zombie apocalypse in a way that's not just like, oh, it was a lab and it it escaped or whatever. You know, it, it's not the generic way. It's a MCU kind of way. And then, yeah, I thought it was fun. So Bruce Banner comes back to Earth, you know, because he was he was out from the Thor Ragnarok story, you know. So he came back the same way he did in the in the MCU. And then, you know, and then there's the uh, uh, Thanos's henchmen there in New York, and they're saying the same lines. Yeah. <laughs> but then they <laughs> they get jumped by zombies. Yeah. That was very fun. And then, yeah, there are zombies, and it's like the, the dude with telekinesis is like pulling them in and all this kind of stuff. Yes, very fun. And then in the end, it showed even Thanos became a zombie. Yeah. And so, yeah, and he's got the Infinity Gauntlet with all the stones, so what is that going to mean, you know? <laughs> what is his motivations now that he's a zombie, you know? It's like, it's no, is, is it still wipe off half the population, or is, you know... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. The Avengers kept their abilities, but I don't yeah. know if he would... Yeah, they didn't um, keep their minds or morals or anything, you know? <laughs> yeah. So overall, a really fun episode. Really good. Honestly, this is probably this is probably one of my favorite episodes so far. Really enjoyed this one. That's all for this episode. In the next episode, it's going to be What If Killmonger Rescued Tony Stark. So that's it for this time. This is David. And Josiah. Of the Heal Trees Podcast, signing off. Bye-bye, guys.